Welcome back to another episode of Unemployed. Hello, hello. I was somewhat employed. Ellen was very employed today. Congratulations. Too employed. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, uh, where have you been? We've, we've had 50 episodes, 51 episodes come out. That's honestly very exciting to say out loud. Ellen, you... I know, I can't believe it. You it couldn't... I couldn't have done it without you. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Yeah. This. Oh, it's been great. I think I've been on half of them yes. in total. I love it. I love yeah. it. We'll just re-record the other half and put you on it. You can sing a song at the beginning of every episode, and we'll just drop those. That would be great if we, like... We should get the transcripts for the first 25 and then just re-record them. Yeah. And add me in. Yeah. Somehow. That sounds like no work. That sounds easy, right? Totally. Um, oh, my God. Well, it's a, little fun. it's a big week for us. Uh, I haven't seen you or seen you, seen you over here over the screen since Valentine's Day. And um, yeah. Valentine's Day was our anniversary of becoming unemployed. Happy anniversary. Yeah, one year happy anniversary, sweetie. Oh my god, thank you so much. Oh god. You know, it's it's weird to th- that day is so vivid for me. Like I can't remember when the pandemic started, but I remember getting laid off on February 14th. That night, I didn't have Valentine's plans. I had a stand-up show to do. And I was crying. I was sobbing. And the show was like kind of early. It was like seven. I think we found out at like five, five thirty or something. So I had to like wipe my face off, you know, and go show up at this show. And Ellen, I kid you not, it was like the one show, not the one, but it was a show where like some HQ fans like came to see me perform who were in from Australia. Oh, yeah. And I get on stage I literally, usually I prepare like my sets. I'll write down like a set, you know, like what I want to do that night. If it's a new joke, I didn't have anything. You know, I was just kind of like, just do some comedy that you've done before because, you know, your mental state is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got on stage. I wish I could see this set. <laughs> what? I wish I could see it. I wish there was a recording or something. They're probably, honestly, they're my, I probably wasn't smart enough to record. I wonder if I have it recorded on my, I record a lot of sets, like audio record. But I remember just getting on stage. I have no idea what came out of me, but I am sure. I'm like, fine. You, if you're, you think Valentine's Day is bad when you're single, try losing your job five minutes ago. Like, I just like let it all out. Like the unemployed, you know, material just like surfaced. And, uh, did that get some good laughs or were people yeah, just like, I think they, uh, it got laughs, but I think they were also like, is she okay? Is she, she's mental, right? Like, this is not a, this is a mental person. This is not an okay person. Yeah. And then, I just remember after the show, these super nice people, I'm going to shout them out, Oscar, he's actually a patron of ours on the Patreon. I love Oscar so much, and he's a big fan of HQ. He plays all the games, and he was so sweet, and he was like, we heard the news. Like, do you want to take a photo? Can I buy you a drink? He, like, bought me a glass of wine. They were so sweet, him and his friends, and uh, and they were in from Australia, like, in New York, and I was like, I'm so sorry. That's the show you saw. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow Ooh. what i mean what a time to be in new york when you're an hq fan just perfect time it was wild um, yeah and also like he had planned to come to that show like it was like a basement show too it wasn't even the main stage. he planned to come to that show like before the news came out so it was just like all it was meant to be i was meant to meet him that night it cheered me up beyond and i was like Oh, it was a great thing. Like, you know, because we didn't think we'd ever do it again. Now we do it again. But um, we have one of the funniest guests on the podcast today. She is such a funny comedian. She doesn't know I've been following her career for a very long time. And uh, you might know her from her very funny podcast, Relatively Sane, Disgusting Hawk. She also has a Comedy Central special, Talking to Myself. Uh, We have the very funny Jessica Kirsten on the pod. Hello. Hello. It's so crazy just from talking to you for two minutes before where we started I'm like did I grow up with her <laughs> like if you're so familiar to me I know I know I feel like where'd you grow up South Orange New Jersey okay I'm from Philadelphia suburb of Philadelphia okay. so yeah. uh, it's the same thing yeah very Jewy <laughs> areas right I, I'm like yeah. the girl you met at camp probably I think that's I, where I went to University of Maryland whatever <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, well, thank you for doing the podcast. You're a very busy person. And so I appreciate you taking the time to hang out with me. Uh, you have two podcasts, you have multiple children, you have, you have like, you have, you go nonstop, right? Yeah, it's been nuts. Like I had nothing going on for months, but I'm actually just trying to do so many different projects right now that I'm busy, which is a good thing. Yeah. You know, when I'm busy, I'm complaining, I'm too busy. And when I have nothing going on, I'm like, I have nothing going on. So I'm never okay. I'm never happy. I'm never satisfied. Right. And then when you have like just enough, you're kind of like, nothing's exciting. I'm, I'm just getting by in the day. I feel like, now what? <laughs> there has to be service. There has to be like, I mean, I do definitely do better under a lot of pressure and being busy. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's great. You're busy in a pandemic. Have, where are you? Are you in New York or did you flee New York? Or no, I'm in New York. I live on Long Island and um, I'm just busy with like the podcast writing. I'm writing uh, for a, a script for a sitcom and um, working on some documentaries. So I'm just trying to create stuff, you know. That's great. But I'm not doing as much stand up, of course. I mean, right. It's been hard. I know. Have you done any stand up in like any of these weird venues that people are popping up in i know i've done some but they're so depressing mm-hmm. i've done some stuff which i'm forcing myself to do to just try and stay like in it um and i've done some road stuff um okay. but not a lot you know it's very safe and i i'm actually getting the vaccine tomorrow <gasps> so i know congratulations you. This is like the but I feel like when people are like, I'm getting a vaccine tomorrow. It's like, oh, you won. You won the money. Like, <laughs> wow. I'm You're so like, impressed. Like, Which Jew helped you out? <laughs> Literally, <laughs> my poor father's had heart surgery twice in the last year. I can't get the vaccine. Like we can't wait. wait, wait. Are you kidding me? He's not in New York. He's in Pennsylvania. And they're like out of it. And like, I know people my age who've gotten it in the suburbs, but not in the city. It's it's so fucked up there. I don't. That's hard. I think that, yeah, I think if you're in that kind of like you, have, I don't know, that's nuts. He needs to get the vaccine. Right. But my mom's fully vaccinated. So she's fucking bopping around town like, you know, no more pandemic for her. <laughs> she's like, he can stay home. He doesn't have it yet. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> My mom had got both shots and she's still staying home. She's that neurotic. She will not go out still. She's, she's, you know, got it. She's got the both vaccines already. Yeah. Well, I, I can't imagine I'm going to feel comfortable just like going back to yeah. like, even the thought of sitting in a restaurant is really hard right now, even though we've opened restaurants, right? It's like, I, I, I have the same thing. I, I don't, I don't know. I think it's going to be, I don't mean to be negative, but I think it's going to be so long until people really feel comfortable, like being out and living their lives. Yeah. And then there's like, my sister had to go to Florida and she's like, no one even wears masks here. (laughs) She's like, it's like, there's no virus. I know. I've seen people like in Miami and they're like at nice restaurants. They're in dresses. They're fucking on the beach there. I'm like, wow, there's no pandemic. Nothing. You said people don't even barely wear masks. I'm like, that's unreal. Yeah, that's it's so, amazing. It's so it's so different everywhere you go. I can't I can't handle it. Um. So anyway, you're very busy. Obviously, on this podcast, I love to talk to people about all the jobs you had before you were the famous Jessica we know and love today. Um. So I want to take it back. I want to take it back to like the first job you ever had that you made money at. Or, or didn't, or an internship or anything, you know, you had when you were younger. Oh my God. It's hilarious. When I was 16, I worked at Lord and Taylor <laughs> and I folded clothes. I mean, if you even knew me really well, it's fucking hilarious that I worked at Lord and <gasps> like clothes. in New Jersey, like at a mall? In like in Short Hills, New Jersey. Nice. There was a Lord and, and I, <laughs> of course, and I, yeah, of course. And I would just, uh, yeah, they had sacks, everything. So I would just fold the clothes and these old women like who stunk of perfume and be like where's the hosiery like they just <laughs> constantly asked me where to find things like I was you know I was basically just telling everyone where to go were you in high school yeah yeah <laughs> and did, did you want to make money were you like I want to get a job or like was your family like you're old enough to work go make some cash parents wanted me to have a job like I don't really remember because I blocked out so much of my childhood but (laughs) I I think you know my friends started to get jobs like Mm -hmm. little jobs here and and they were like we we, why don't you get a job make a little extra money so I was I was like all right 
I'll try it. I hated it. I hated working. To be honest. (laughs) How long did you last at Lord & Taylor? Oh, my God. Probably like six months. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was the first one I ever had. That's good. That's that's six months is a long one. We've had a lot of people who are like one week at a IHOP, you know, and then it, they canned me. Six months Thank is impressive. God. If it was an IHOP, I'd be yeah. <laughs> Did you do any babysitting when you were a kid too? I feel like a lot of teenagers like, or you went straight to the department stores. You were like, I'm here for benefits. <laughs> I, love, I mean, I love my children, but I was never like a kid person. I right. never. Oh my God, I would love to spend time with kids. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's amazing. I wish I was like that, but I was never like that. I wasn't like that either. I had to be, I was a camp counselor though, which was like, but I did one summer with younger kids and then I switched. I was like, I need the kids who know how to handle themselves, like 14. <laughs> what camp did you go to? I love asking people what oh, camp they went Oh, I went to Camp Vega in Maine. It was an all girls camp uniform the works. Really? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Where did yeah, you go to I camp? Went, did you go to camp? Yes, I went to a camp called Millbrook and a camp called Timbertops. And, oh, I've uh, heard of Timbertops. Yeah, I went to Timbertops. I loved it there. Um, but I, and I, I was like a what's it called? Like there, there was like a junior counselor. Oh, like a CIT, like a. CIT. Yep. Cool. Yeah, you're like the in between the camper counselor age. Yeah, like the awkward counselor. <laughs> yeah. I did a Peloton ride, I swear to God. And this woman was like, we love Camp Timbertops. My kids go there. And I, she was she was talking all about it um, <laughs> recently. I was like, I like her. That's why I like her. She she sends her kids to camp. Do you send your kids to camp now? My, do- my oldest 14-year-old was going to acting camp, but now that's not happening anymore. But I would oh always God. send the kids to camp because... Yeah. Amazing. This is like the best time in my life. I swear to God, I, I it was pro- that in college were the best times in my life. Right. Getting away from your parents. <laughs> I couldn't wait. You, do you know, I used to like die for the day that I the first time I went, I was six years old and oh my I couldn't God. wait to go. Like, most kids were scared. I was like, get me out of this house. My sister was six. She's the youngest. And my parents were so thrilled to not have any children at home. So they shipped her off when she was six. I was like, she's young. <laughs> They're like, she's fine. She grew up with older siblings. She's great. She's good. <laughs> yeah, she'll be fine. Yeah. No, my sister would. I remember like I visited her bunk and it was eight o'clock at night, you know, when the kids go to bed or whatever. And uh, she was in a bathing suit under her pajamas. And I said, why do you have a bathing suit on under your pajamas? She goes, I have swim second period tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, Second period. I was like, that's at like 11 a.m. You're going to wear this bathing suit till then? (laughs) That's after breakfast, bug juice, and canteen. That's like a whole day of activity. I guess at six, she thought that, well, I have swimming, you know, at some point this week. I should put it on. (laughs) (laughs) She never took it off all summer. Nope, never did. Oh, my God. I want to go back. I saw Cuomo was opening camps this summer, like two days ago. I saw he he's like New York summer camps will be open day camps and overnight camps, which is wow. ballsy. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I feel like your brain just went, that. maybe I'm sending them. All. <laughs> maybe they're going. Alone also. No, the, I, three of my kids are too young to go to camp, but one of that Zoe goes the oldest. Mm-hmm. How old are your kids? I can't believe you have four kids. This is, and, and you're a not comedian. Only, not only do I have four kids, but I have a five-year-old and twin 20-month-olds. I mean, it's insane. They're all girls. I have four daughters. Oh, my God. I saw a video. You did a funny TikTok with probably one of your twins, with the one where you can't let the kid eat the candy. Like, that was so cute. I love those, where you put it in front of them and see if they're good or not. (laughs) Right? That was my daughter, Charlotte. Oh, no, that was that was Bella when I I left the room. Yeah, and I left (laughs) in front of her to see if she'd eat it or not. It's torture, but I loved it. I love seeing those videos. Went up like this and like tasted it and then looked around. It was adorable. (laughs) So cute. All right. So you work at Lord and Taylor. Did you want to be in entertainment? Did you want to act or do comedy? Like, did you know about this when you were younger or? Not at all. I was no. I didn't even know about stand up comedy. I I was always the class clown. I mean it's a typical story. Always silly, mimicked people. 
always made people laugh. I realized the power of laughter at a very young age. And, but I was thought I was going to be a therapist. I actually ended up going to NYU for social work. And then I became a comedian. Wow. So it's like, yeah. And it's similar. Except I always say it's the same thing, except I don't have to listen. I talk. <laughs> it's great. You take in really... everything around you and then you bring it on stage and you do it as you. Yeah. Yeah. But I had, I mean, odd, you know, when I was in my 20s, I was very unclear about what I wanted to do. I always feel for people in their 20s because it's so confusing. Yeah. I, mean, I was like lost. Yeah. Well, you graduated. Did you graduate with this degree in in psychology? No, I, I actually, like I did a couple of jobs. Like I worked in a print shop, <laughs> these weird jobs. You know, I was trying to get into sales and um, and then I decided to go for, for a master's. And then during that time, my literally one day I was at the club with my grandmother and my family. And my grandmother said, you need to be a comedian. And I said, what? I said, I could never be a stand-up comedian. She's like, trust me, every time you're around people, they're laughing. You need, I'm your grandmother. I know this. And I looked in the back of the Village Voice and there was a class in New York. And I took the class and that was that was it. I love I, I, this. I love grandmas. I love that she she knew. She was like, this is this is your calling. Yeah. Literally called me with her finger and said, you need to be a comedian. Like she was so... And then she got to see me do things. It was really before she passed. It was amazing. She saw me do The View. Aww. She saw me do The Tonight. I know. That's so, was so, so nice. Yeah. And like, was anybody else in your family, were your parents entertainment at all? or They were... So funny. I mean, my father, my father was one, he was definitely one of the funniest people I've ever known. I mean, he, he was nuts, but his, his sense of humor was wacky, did pranks all the time. He was, he was hysterical. And my mom's funny, but my mom married into, um, like my stepbrother is Zach Braff. Oh, I think I knew this. Yes. (laughs) My mom married his father. I was 15. He was nine. And so, and he, no, and he and my two other stepbrothers were in the business also. So there's four of us. That's so funny. That in- yeah. I yeah. love that. Wow. Now you went from like nobody to like you're the Von Trapp family at this point, right? <laughs> the Von Trapps well, of so- comedy, I guess. <laughs> I can tell you, I was starting out in comedy. Like, can you imagine I'm doing open mics and all these shit shows, whatever. And then I'm going to these events that he's, you know, I went to the red carpet <laughs> events of Garden State. And little. It was crazy. I was around all these stars. Yeah. It was insane. That's fun. Have you ever um, worked together? Yeah, we've done stuff together. We we actually, he and my other stepbrother, Adam and I had a deal with ABC years ago about our, our parents mm-hmm. um, because my is a therapist and his father was a lawyer and his, it was like the Fockers, literally. <laughs> they, they ran courses together in the house. Oh my God. So every was a different weekend, like the bonding weekend, trust weekend. I mean, can you imagine? I love it. And yeah, and we, so we wrote a show about it. Um, and then we got a pilot, but it didn't go on air. Uh, he went back on Scrubs. But we've worked on a bunch of different things together, made silly videos together. And yeah. I was going to say, I wish I could like meet your entire family. I imagine all your characters, they're so funny. I'm like, these are obviously people you grew up with, right? And you you you've met over the years, or like you know, the the South amazing, Orange yeah. the South Orange Book Club. I don't know who you who you've encountered. <laughs> it's so funny. I do this character Matt, who is a disgusting guy who's always looking for a lady. Like, oh, it's like disgusting. That's my father. <laughs> like I haven't even told a lot of people that, but that's that I'm doing my father like this. Brooklyn macho kind of, how you doing? What's going on? You know, and it's from his character. Really? Like really <laughs> does yeah. your dad know? Does he know that? He knew. I mean, he knew that I that I would uh, make. He laughed when I made fun of him. Yeah. He 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 laughed a lot. I mean, he was a good sport when it came to making fun of. You right. Know, he said. Oh my my mom always gets there and she's always like, what if the clients in the, in the audience? I'm like, mom, I'm in Nebraska. Like I doubt one of the clients is in my show. <laughs> right. They go on tour with you, her clients. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Her client Ruth is in the front row, like in the middle of Nebraska. I mean, it's so ridiculous. That's so funny. I always talk about my mom when I do stand up. I think that's how I connected with you. I was like, oh, I do my mom like 
consistently because she's, you know, from Long Island, if you can imagine. And that's five towns. Oh, yeah. She's from Roslyn. But she just. Oh, God. I used Really? Crazy. She's from Roslyn. She yeah. But then she went to Penn for dental school and stayed in Philly, but like was like, I don't want to raise my kids on Long Island. So she picked the Long Island of Philadelphia. Like, you know, there's the the high school parking lots full of Audis. You know, there's no difference in there. You know, she's like, it's different. It's not as intense. I'm like, it's it's very I, I agree it is so similar but Long Island is not I I mean really I don't love it here no no they're not you know I mean I love the people but they're not very cultured I mean they're really yeah um, a little dumb <laughs> I have cousins in Great Neck yeah. so I've been many times yeah yeah Great Neck is a perfect. <laughs> Right. I don't want to shit on it, but I'm also like, they don't get out much. You know, they don't see that much. And there's not there's I mean, that's such a general thing for me to say. But there's also there's like no nature here unless you go to the Hamptons, you know, you're at the beach or whatever. But it's right. I like trees and mountains. Like, I'm just that's my thing. So that there's none of that here. Yeah. Have you like taken a road trip in COVID anywhere, anywhere in nature? Have you gone anywhere? (laughs) I know I should just go to a field somewhere. And just scream. Um, I, <laughs> I take, <laughs> I take family off. trip. Pack the car. We're going to scream in a field today. <laughs> We're going to scream in a Um, I <gasps> have driven, you know, to gigs and stuff, or taken rides to go see friends. But no, I, I, I mean, I really would love to do that. But to take small children to like a, oh god, on uh, it's like there's so I have to take a U-Haul in the back, like. There's, <laughs> equipment it's like it's just not it's not fun right yeah Yeah. I've seen your videos of you in the car with your older daughter Zoe yeah right she's yeah she's a singer she's a performer well Zoe's an actor she's in the performing arts school here like the fame school um oh I actually have um a pilot deal with NBC Peacock about my life and Zoe is actually playing my daughter in the in the oh I love it so, you guys are so funny together. I love it. I love her. Thank you. She's amazing. She's she's such <laughs> a great kid. She's like, you walk in a room that's like she has like Black Lives Matter all over the wall and like fuck Trump. <laughs> <laughs> like oh my God, you're. So- <laughs> she's so wise beyond her years. She's gonna be a great actress. Yeah. Oh my God, I love that so much. Does she see your act? Does she ever yeah. see you on the like do your shows? Yeah, and she's listened to my podcast. And she's like, "Mama, you're crazy." She doesn't need. <laughs> Doesn't phase young kid. They don't get like freaked out about language, and I don't know. They're so much cooler than we were growing up. They're they're different now. It's, yeah, it's, it's not as impressive. They have access to so much more than we did. Yeah, they don't get like. It's not like oh well, I don't want you to hear this language. Like she lists, looks at it all day on TikTok and all these other Instagram. She sees everything. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you moved to New York, you go to NYU, you do, what are some of the odd jobs you had when you were like out of school in your twenties that you were saying, do you, you set a print house or anything? Do you remember any, like. When I started stand up, I was, this is a start. First of all, I got a job at Starbucks. I literally was a barista. Um, and nice. I, and that was okay. Except I ended up working at the place where I grew up. So it was like all these people I knew that were like, um, can I have a coffee? Like they treated me like the help, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and I was yep. from what you're from, like, don't treat me like this. Um, and then I bartended for years. I bartended at a restaurant up on the upper West side called Ernie's. A lot of comics work there. And mm-hmm. I made like money. But I worked days because I got health insurance and I just had oh, they these- gave you health insurance. Hell yeah. yeah amazing. And then these yeah. regulars come in every day and I didn't make you know who my regulars were every single day was Jerry Stiller and Ann Mira and they drank a lot. Oh, I- <laughs> during they day drank. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I know. And I became close with them. I, I like That's Jerry. So nice. Myers Club and they used to come to my shows and um and and then I worked. This was the work I worked at Hands in Times Square, and that was brutal. That's that, a bold move. Yeah. Afterwards, 
Yeah, I needed to make money, and Ernie's closed, and they had a job. Mm. There wasn't a lot of bartending jobs at that time, and it was in Times Square, so it was packed, and I just needed a place to work during the day when I could do stand-up at night because I was like an animal to get stage time. Yeah. uh, But it was a lot of Europeans, and they didn't tip, and it was just horrible. Yeah, I've had multiple horror stories of people who worked in Times Square. I worked in restaurants for seven years, and I bartended, but I didn't work in Times Square. I worked like uptown or downtown. <laughs> I went around it. I liked bartending. I actually yeah. liked it. Um, I liked having the bar between us. Serving was like, you're too close to people. Yeah, serving, I would not. That's too much. That's too intimate. Yeah, the, I liked having the bar. And I also liked like I could just talk to someone and then be called somewhere else and get out of the conversation. Right. Yeah. You're like, oh, look, orders are coming in. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Did people people probably because you're so easy to talk to people probably vented their entire lives to you when you bartended. Right. Like well, they probably I, loved you. Oh, they would drink and just tell me their entire life story. And I would just listen to them and. It was so draining, honestly, to be a bartender sometimes <laughs> to listen to these people's problems. Right? I, you were like, I was like, going to be a therapist. <laughs> and yeah, now I just made a dollar fifty on your fucking mm-hmm. glass of wine. And now I'm standing behind a <laughs> like syrup all over me. But this one guy once pounded, when I worked in the Upper West Side at this really nice restaurant, he pounded his fists like, get me a drink. And I... Literally turned around and I said, if you ever fucking talk to me like that again, I swear to God, I will jump over the... I, I lost it. I completely snapped. <laughs> yeah. When you work in New York, it's like you'll get nice people and then you'll get the one... One out of every seven people are awful, I feel like. Oh, they're totally entitled. I mean, we probably grew up in a very similar situation and I just... I never could understand how people are entitled and treat people like shit. Like, I just don't get it. It's horrible mm-hmm. to me. I'll never forget. I worked at a restaurant in Gramercy and this guy who, oh God, I like dated him on a, like a teen tour when we were young and he was like with his family and he came in and he was like, we have a reservation. He was just so, I was the maitre d' at the time and he was like, we have a reservation under like the Cohen family or whatever. And he was so like talking down to a woman and I like looked up. And he oh was like, God. Anna? And I, because we were like Facebook friends. And I was like, yeah, hi. I was like, is that how you, is that how you walk into every restaurant? <laughs> He's like, oh no, you know, uh, we, we couldn't find parking, like any excuse in the world. You know, oh, 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 it's so good to see you. I was like, okay, <laughs> you're a mean person. <laughs> yeah, you're a horrible person. Who talks yeah. to people like that? I don't understand. Oh, oh. But when you said before, when you worked in your hometown, seeing people you know when you're behind the restaurant is or behind the bar, barista, when you're a barista is the worst for me. It's tough. That was tough. Like, I would, you know, people would come in all the time where I went to Hebrew school with or I grew up with or whatever. And like, um, and my latte isn't hot enough. And I'm like, okay, I'll go heat it up. Like, I am just smell like coffee grinds. I'm so miserable. I'd also be like, I do... St- I do shows at night too. <laughs> yeah, you always have to put in that you're a stand up because it helps with the uh, yeah, it's it's less humiliating. Yeah. Um so you bartended that was your survival job and t- like all while you were t- doing comedy at night. Yeah, I That's impressive because I couldn't do it at in the day as much. So I had to get a day job because my bar shifts were at night and I was like, well I I can't take off and do shows. Of course. So I mean, that was Yeah. I, then I started it was a job. I produced um, new talent shows for 12 years at Gotham Comedy Club. I was their new talent. Wow. So I, I literally, you know, would make some money off of that and then make money doing stand up and lived. That's how I survived. I'm in my 20- I wish I met you when I started when I at Gotham because I did a bad I had a bad experience there and it was probably after or like I, I didn't meet you. I know who it was with. I don't even have to. Yeah, it was a guy, right? <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah, brutal. Yeah, and uh, they asked me out, and I yeah. was brand new at stand up. I was yeah. so excited, and they they told me they brought me on a show downstairs, and I did it like twice, and I had great, you know, it was great. I was like, I'm amazing, you know. Those first few shows, you're like, wow, I'm really good in a real room, not an open mic. And then he asked me out, and I said, no, no, thank you, kindly. And then he bumped me, said, oh, I got comics in from L.A. Sorry, we have to bump you for the next few shows and stuff. And I was like, fuck this. 
I know people, honestly, they're so stupid. Like, they're so transparent. It's like, obviously, you're hurt that I don't want to go out with you. I mean, (laughs) it's so obvious. Yeah, it's real. It's, God, those are hard. I mean, those new talent shows are good because they're they're loving and they're giving the audiences but it's 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 just brutal i i i'm like for anyone who's starting now i'm like good luck like it's, <laughs> oof it's going to be if you don't have if you haven't been in it for a couple of years you're starting brand new there's not going to be a lot of stage time because every the minute it opens up everyone's going to want to perform yeah I'm even surprised some of the names I'm seeing on these like secret roof deck, you know, shows. And I'm like, damn, like yeah. some of these people, I'm like, whoa, you're doing it. Like, yes, yeah. it's, it's tell has yeah. asked numerous times to go do shows with them. I can't, I've done it. I've done a couple. I, it's very hard for me to perform on a roof. Yeah. In the world. I just, to me, I'd rather sit here and do it on zoom yeah. and try out a joke. I, I can't, it's, I've done a couple know. and it's like, it feels like you have to address that it's cold. These people are wearing masks. You can't see them laughing. It's really like, it, it just doesn't feel the same. <laughs> it's not the same. Yeah. But it's also, Zoom is so weird. Mm-hmm. You know, doing shows, I did one last night on, and it's just not having that connection with the audience is so weird. Yeah. And I feel like you are a queen of crowd work. You really are. Thank you. I do a lot of crowd work. I mean, that's been tough to yeah. not, but also, I mean, on Zoom, sometimes I can do crowd work and it's even funnier because everyone can see the person's right. face. <laughs> like, Joe, are you sleeping? And people crack up, you know? <laughs> I love that, actually. That is fun to find. You're, you're going through all the people and you're like, oh, this person's done. I'm like, Mary, can you get, like, she's like this in the camera. I'm like, could you get closer to the camera? Because I can't see <laughs> inside of your I did this like talk on Zoom and this woman, I don't think she knew her camera was on and she's chopping vegetables the entire time, just like on a board. And we just see her chopping and cho- and going around her kitchen. I'm like, does she even, does she have the sound on? Is Zoom just on? No, no. no a lot of people don't have the sound on. They don't even know. I mean, it, have you done one where like, just like a baby will walk by? I'm like, am I on ass? What is happening? Here, this is the... It's so crazy. Yeah. It's things, things I, like everyone's holding up their dog or their cat. I'm like, uh, great. You have a cat. What does it have to do with I know. It's so strange. I feel like it's going to be a hard thing to explain to people. Like, yeah, I, I used to perform on stage and now I sit on the couch and, you know, <laughs> talk to it's, people and their cats. Yeah. It's, and, and babies. A lot of them are holding their baby. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's all crazy. I mean, it, really, this is such a general thing to say, but I said to my daughter Zoe the other day, like, you know, there's that quote, make plans and God laughs or whatever the quote is. Like, can you believe how long this thing has been going on and I know. that it's even, I mean, it is so crazy. I know. It's not. It, it's weird so, to think we're going to have our one year anniversary of this when we were like, when a from, year. Yeah, a whole year. I have to say, you know what? This time last year, this is kind of when uh, my boyfriend was a producer on This Week at the Comedy Cellar, and he was oh, a huge yeah. fan of you. And he'd be like, oh, my God, she had the funniest clip this week. Like, it, we were like, because he would tell me we'd come home from work, and <laughs> he finished the show that last week of the pandemic. Right. And, and they were like, well, they're not going to do shows next week. So we're going to use footage from like earlier in the season, you know, like earlier sets. And like, it was just, I remember I was like, there, people aren't taking the subway anymore. And he was like taking, he rode his bike in, in March to like finish editing the last few episodes of the comedy of this week at the comedy cellar. <laughs> I love that show. It's a great show. And I love the producers and, I just think it, it's great. I was in the beginning of this whole thing. I was wondering, like, could they do that from home? Like if people did it, but I don't think it would work. I think you need the audience with that kind of show. Yeah. But it was. Yeah, it was fun. I love the little like asides in between the conversations between the comics in between the sets. So it wasn't just like set, set, set. It was, it was nice. It was balanced. Yeah, it was. 
It really was. I loved it, too. So I want to know, was there like a time when you were like, I don't need to bartend anymore? I'm making enough money. Was it is that when you leapt to the to booking the comedy talent night or? Yeah, I mean, I kind of just was like I'm going to put my whole, you know, being into stand up. And um, I also started doing road stuff a lot more. I mean, Mm -hmm. if it was a one night year, you know, go to Connecticut for a night or Pennsylvania drive back. I mean, I just busted my ass, but it was $50 here, a hundred there. And I'm kind of, I'm glad that my parents just didn't like, you know, pay all my bill. Like they, I've always was taught to, to really work hard and I wasn't just handed everything, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I'm, I, I can see that, you know, I think people that are successful, I don't know. There's some people who are handed everything and then they just become loaded and that's it. You're grounded. Like I can tell when someone's grounded that they weren't just, you know, pampered their whole lives. And, um, and I always put, I always did a bunch of different things like work wise. It's like now, you know, doing podcasts, producing a documentary that's coming out. Now I'm involved with two more documentaries. I just have always had my hand in so many different things. And I, I, I that's how I am, like with work. Mm-hmm. And it works. I always tell people too, like, especially in this business, I'm like, you can't put all your eggs in like one basket. You can't just be like, you know, someone will cast me in a movie or I have one script I'm shopping around. It's like, you have to have all those things, even though, even if they're like, you have a little bit here, you have a little bit there, you never know what's going to take off, right? No, I mean, ne- there's, you can't, you're so right. I mean, now, especially you have to have a bunch of different things going on because it's not like that anymore. I mean, it's so rare to have someone just go, she's the one from seeing one thing you do. Um, right. Or reading one script you've written. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am starting to do the script writing thing, which is intimidating, but like other things haven't been that intimidating to me, but I just try to challenge myself work-wise all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's hard. I mean, it's hard, but it it's rewarding. Yes, it is. It is because things do happen if you put enough out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never considered myself like a writer until, even though I went to college for it, so, but I, I still was like, I'm an actor. And then I was yeah. a comedian and I was like, am I a writer? I don't, I don't know. But then I wrote a script. It got me to JFL. And that was the first time I went to JFL was with a script. And I was like, oh, every time I write something, some something goes well in my life. You know what I mean? Like it's. Are you writing yeah. anything? Now? Are you, did you like, are you working on a show or anything? I'm not writing. I'm not like staffed anywhere or anything, but I, I am, I am. I just finished a pilot the other day. I I wrote a new pilot, which is a pandemic accomplishment. (laughs) I mean, I have something I'm sitting on that I'm just intimidated by. It's very hard to to do that. That's a huge accomplishment to finish it. Yeah. I would love your input. It takes place at a synagogue. So I have to show it to you at some point. I would love to see it. I would love to talk to you about my whole thing too, my whole idea. I, I would I love. Think it, yeah, I think you would totally get it. Um, yeah, I, I felt connected to you from Twitter, and I was like, I know Jessica. Like we grew up together. I, I, she gets. Totally, I felt the same way. <laughs> you know, it's like certain people you just feel like you grew up with them, or you've been friends with them. It's it's so familiar, and I love that. I really mm-hmm. do. It's not common. Yeah, You know, I have that with Weinstein. It's like Rachel and I started a stand-up at the same time. And we just were like, we are from the same, even though she grew up in Maryland, I grew up in New Jersey. We have such similar everything because we were brought up the same way. Right. And we just, it was so familiar from the start and Mm -hmm. we became so close. And then, and we've worked together and collaborated and, and it's so familiar. It's, it's good. Yeah. She's so funny. I love her. She's hysterical. You know who I started? I started doing stuff with Corinne Fisher back in the day. I knew you guys were, were friends and she always speaks so highly of you. And I remember like she did the podcast and we started doing like storytelling together before I think we both stepped our feet in stand up world. And, uh, and I always liked Corinne. She was so funny and it's, she's like, she's familiar Yes, yeah. it's, it's a, she's real. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people's business are not real. And <laughs> a lot of people you can't trust, unfortunately. And it's rare to find people that you really can trust and you and, and also that want the best for you. Yeah, like they might or have a hard time with what's going on, but they still want you to rise. And that's mm-hmm. rare. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, some people are, the competitiveness gets takes over the friendship, and it's it's too hard to like. There's too many of those <laughs> who I've come across. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. Don't you feel like the a pandemic lot. like gave you a free pass to be like, oh my god, I don't ever have to like be friends with some people again. <laughs> like I don't ever have to. <laughs> I, I feel uh, like yeah. There are people I'm like, that's it. Like, I don't think I'll ever see this person again. Maybe on Instagram, you know, I'll follow them still. But yeah, it is nice. It it took away a lot of pressure of just having to be (laughs) on with so many people. I'm like, I never even liked them anyway. And I had to be, hey, how are you? I kind of like not seeing people a lot now. Yeah. But then there's when I'm like, oh, I'm dying to just sit at the club and laugh and be around comics. Yeah. Yeah. I know it, it'll feel good. It'll feel good when we get to do it again. And then, you know, half the week we'll sit at home and be like, oh, I'm safe. I'm free. I know. I'm telling you, I mean, I was saying, I, I don't know when it's going to be like, I don't, I don't know how it's going to feel to sit at the comedy cellar with a group of people and hang out. Like, yeah. I just don't like it's going to be a while till I would feel comfortable doing that. Do you ever stop now? And you're like, remember when I worked at hula hands in the day and then I'd go to the comedy club at night and I would do like six spots and then I'd hang out with people. And it was like, I'd go to multiple borough. Like, I just don't you think back and you're like, how the hell do we do that? Like, I can't, I, I don't, I feel that I always <laughs> think about that. I'm like, I was a warrior. <laughs> I mean, I function. I was, I, w- I was exhausted a lot. You know, I would go into work a lot, just comatose. I, I know that. Mm-hmm. And you from waitressing and bartending, it's exhausting with just the carrying the bottles and the all of it. It's right. just, it can be tough. Um, Before I had I my dog, to- I, you, you had to like, I didn't want to go home because if I went home, I'd get, I wouldn't want to leave again. So I'd try to like stay busy to stay yeah. out. Yeah, I know. And now I'm like, I don't miss that. <laughs> I have to be honest. I don't miss being out all the time yeah no I don't either I I, some days I'm like I never want to leave my apartment (laughs) (laughs) I don't either I'm not kidding I'm that's why I'm doing the road I don't mind because I can literally isolate in the hotel all Mm -hmm. day until the and then be out a little bit and come back and not be around people yeah that's nice are you you have some stuff planned right now you're going on the road Not a lot. I mean, a little bit. And the the stuff that I have is so socially distanced, such small audiences. What I do is I literally walk in before they even open and go to the green room. And I don't let anyone in there except the MC who just, you know, will sit six feet from me. And then I walk on stage, perform, go back in the green room. And then I literally leave after everyone's left. Like I don't talk to people, meet and greet, nothing. That's smart. For me, it's... Right. Yeah. Until you go to Florida and they're all like, hey, you have a you have a whole crowd and no one's going to be masked and they would love to do a meet and greet if you're down. And I, I go to Florida and I've said, no, I'm not going to Florida. Yeah. Like, I'm not. It, I'm not going anywhere like that. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, so is there anything else, any other funny bosses or jobs that you had, any characters that you based? I wanted to ask you this, any characters you based off of people you worked with? Or- oh, sure. I mean, I used to character of like, how you doing? Like a very sweet, I used to work with this, you know, very Midwestern, white, 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 you know, always proper woman who I knew was filled with rage and wanted to kill me, you know, like um, <laughs> that kind of a thing. A Karen. I... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, I just created a new character called Sharon Wright. She's always right. Oh my God. W H T and her name is Sharon. And I, I wear a black wig with like bangs and she wants to cancel everyone. It, I love it. She's I love my it. favorite new. She's on the pod. I can see her on yeah, the pod. She's the new one on disgusting hawk. Yeah. <laughs> Sharon Wright. Always right. Perfect. I like that you took the left, you know, the, the left side to Karen. You didn't, you didn't do it, but you did it, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, I've based a lot of my characters on people I've worked with. And, uh, you know, you know, you're a comic. It's like people say, where do you get your material? I'm like, look around, have a conversation. I mean, it's it, materials everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and I, I actually like, sometimes I do wish I had a job job. Do you? You know, I do uh, sometimes not not 
now, but when I've been on the road constantly and just doing tons of shows a week and I'm exhausted from traveling, I'm just like, oh, I wish, kind of wish I had a nine to five, just come home mm-hmm. and be with my kids, more of a normal life. And then I think I would die after a week. I was going to say, our brains don't work that way. You'd lose your mind. You'd be like, wh- like, I can't yeah. believe sometimes I can't believe how excited my mom gets for after work. She loves the 630 local news. And like, that's like her moment oh. in the day. And she's like, ah, I, I lay on my bed with my dog and I watch the 630 news. And I'm like, and she's psyched. Right. <laughs> She'll hang up on me. She's psyched. And I'm like, wow, I wish I had your brain. Like, <laughs> and she's a dentist. Hold on. The traffic is on. The yeah. traffic is on. I need to listen to the traffic. She'll hang up on me. We'll be, I'll be like crying about, you know, something terrible going on in my life. And she's like, 6.30, got to watch the news. Good luck. Local news is even better. The local oh, news. Oh, maybe it's not local. She watches, no, she watches the ABC news like constantly because she doesn't have Twitter. Yeah. So, you know, I'll text her something. You see who died. And she's like, I didn't watch the 6.30 news yet. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I find out all my news on Twitter. Me too. That's what I, yeah, yeah. I, thank God she doesn't have it. You know, parents, I don't know if your parents are on Twitter, your mom's on Twitter, but it's. She could never figure out Twitter. There's no, she can barely, she, she, she when she, she'll write a message to like her friend Barbara from high school and tag me in it. Like she has no idea on Facebook what's going on. I'm like, Barbara, you've been in a great friend. And I'm like, why am I being tagged in this? And Barbara's not even. She does it all the time. On Facebook? Yes. <laughs> I love it. My mom's not even on Facebook. She's on Instagram. She got on the gram. My barely can function on Instagram. She has no idea what's going on. You'll I love- don't blame her. Yeah. She's like, I'm confused. I don't even know how she goes on there. I loved this last week. My mom, every week, you'll appreciate this in the pandemic. She likes to support this fisherman who's local and who, so she gets like whatever he has fresh that week and she buys the fish. And she said she follows him on Instagram and she was trying, she goes, and everybody, everybody posts their dishes they make with the fish. So I want, she wanted to post her halibut. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, okay. And she goes, I want how do I post it on his Instagram? I go, Oh, mom. I I go, you can't post on someone else's. She goes, yeah, but everybody does. I go, no, he picks them. They send him the photo and he picks them. And she goes, Oh, I have to, I have to send it to him. I'm like, yeah. She thinks she has access to the fisherman's Instagram account. She's trying to post. She goes, I've tried so many times. I'm like, Oh no. I've tried so My mother sends me emojis, but she d- l- loses her glasses all the time. So she sends me random. Like she'll send me like a British flag and a squirrel. I'm like, what are you, what is happening? Where are you? She's like, happy Hanukkah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Crazy. There's, she has no idea what's going on. No. <laughs> My brother is my is younger than me and he quit social media. He's one of those who's like, uh, I don't need it in my life. And I'm like, I feel disconnected. I'm like, well, you'll never know anything going on with me. So <laughs> no way. Yeah, I couldn't. I no, need to be, I, yeah, I need to disassociate. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. Oh my God. Well, this is so fun. I feel like I could talk to you forever. You're you're a dreamboat, honestly. I hope we can connect about our pilots, you know, not when we're doing all the tech and recording, because I really would. No, send me send me an email right when we hang up and then I'll okay. we'll make it up in the next couple of days. I, okay. I definitely want it. I would love to read it. Kidding me? Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's about it's about a, a guy who's going to convert to Judaism for his girlfriend, but she cheats on him and leaves. So he's stuck in this class. So that's that's oh, what that's I'll... interesting. I love that. Thanks. That's it's loosely based on you know the fact that i tell my boyfriend i'm like wouldn't it be funny if you converted (laughs) but i left you (laughs) he's all paranoid it's about him that's a great premise thanks it is we'll see i've wanted to do it for a long time because it's funny you say you meet everyone around i met a woman in synagogue who was Mm -hmm. old 
and she converted to Judaism after her husband died to live on his legacy. (laughs) And I loved her. (laughs) I was like obsessed with this woman because she she was so into it. But no one taught her like you don't wear like flip flops and like a tube top to synagogue. So she was like stood out, you know, like, I was like, they didn't tell her, like, cover your shoulder. She's singing so loud the prayer. She's so proud of being Jewish. And then I was like, there's a couple things they missed. <laughs> like, That's I loved hysteric. it. I Thank it. you. Thanks. Well, I can't wait to read yours. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Is there anything we can plug? Where can people see all your characters, find your podcasts, you know, or you want to plug your handles? So I have my uh, website, jessicakerson.com, which has all my links. And then I, my Instagram is Jesse Kerson. And then I have two podcasts, Relatively Sane and Disgusting Hawk. And you can find them on, on my website, on YouTube, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Sweet. All right. That's it. Thank you so much for being here. You're awesome. Thank you so much. Oh my God, that's it. That's another episode of Unemployed with Anna Roisman. And today, Jessica Kirsten, funniest person. I mean, she's the best. So go find her and don't forget to find us at Unemployed Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. If you want to see this video, I know you want to see it. Go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash unemployed podcast. And uh, if you have a couple bucks to throw our way, hey, it's a pandemic. We would love it more than anything. Spread the word, spread the love, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Right now, I just want to take a moment to thank everybody who has supported our Patreon. This is your shout out right here from me. Tons of love. And if you haven't checked out our Patreon, all of our videos go up there. Sometimes I just write fun things because I feel like it. And it's just a really nice way to support us at Unemployed. And, you know, so we can keep this thing going. We do it for nothing. We do it for fun. We do it for you to listen to. So definitely check out the Patreon. And right now, huge shout out to our patrons, Bill Horton, Chi of Steel, Danielle McCartney, Lori Jackson, Jeannie Logan, we got Joe Galati, Chris Arneson, Jordan Lucero, Oscar Yuen, Ken Levin, and Vic Terry. Thank you so much. You have no idea how much it means to us, and I appreciate you, and I see you, and I love you. <laughs> <laughs>